0: President Trump, who is literally Hitler, oversaw a raid by ICE agents, who are literally Nazis, to arrest 95-year-old Jakub Palij, the last known Nazi collaborator living in the United States at his home in Queens, New York, and deport him to Germany. We will explain how literally Hitler can cast out Nazis. Then, Andy Millennial stops by to rap about socialism. Ariana Grande proves that feminism is witchcraft at the VMAs. Cordy B gets ready to become a Republican. And don't call it a comeback. Seriously, don't call it a comeback, but the reanimated corpse of my third cousin once removed, Hillary Clinton, may be running for president again. I'm Michael Knowles, and this is The Michael Knowles Show. There is too much to get to today. There is way too much. To, and we got to leave enough time to, to hang out with Andy Millennial because he's going to give us the lowdown on what all the youths are talking about today. You know, like socialism and stuff like that. Um, before we do that, I have to thank Software Advice. Software Advice is a terrific advertiser. They help us keep the lights on, and they will help you save money and set your business up much more easily than you're doing it. When you're dealing with a real head scratcher, having your go-to person on call is a no-brainer, which is why you need Software Advice When it comes to picking the right software for your business, Software Advice has done all the research for you. I know this. I've worked in small businesses when they're getting started up. and uh, But all the time, even as you're running a business, uh, there are so many software solutions for you. You don't know anything. You don't know which one to pick. It wastes a lot of time and money trying to figure it out. Software Advice will give you the right uh, direction absolutely free. Just go to softwareadvice.com slash Knowles, Go there right now softwareadvice.com slash Knowles K-N-O-W-L-E-S answer a few short questions about your business uh, you'll get set up with an advisor takes uh, just 10 minutes or less uh, whether you're medical professional construction manager HR pro it will help you make a more informed decision uh, they will be your on call uh, go to team for free why wouldn't you do it And the software struggle today this is the best way to solve this problem for you softwareadvice.com slash Knowles K-N-O-W-L-E-S if you have a business small business work for a small business startup you would be insane not to try it softwareadvice.com Slash Knowles, Canada WLES. Connect with an advisor for free. That's a price we all can afford. Softwareadvice.com slash Knowles. President Trump and ICE are now deporting Nazis. This is the greatest news story since Donald Trump was elected. It is so perfect in every way. And here is why, because we have heard for months and months, now years, that Donald Trump is a Nazi. We're hearing as uh, the midterms approach, Democrats are calling ICE, the immigration enforcement agency, they're calling them Nazis, fascists, Gestapo. And now what happens is that Donald Trump, literally Hitler, ICE, literally Nazis, are arresting and deporting an actual Nazi. This, this is so beautiful because it puts this Nazi charge to rest finally. Uh, to quote a friend of mine, Every kingdom divided against itself is laid waste, and no city or house divided against itself will stand. If Satan casts out Satan, he is divided against himself. How then will his kingdom stand? If Hitler casts out Hitler, he is divided against himself. How will his kingdom stand? It's such a good story. And... Uh uh, it, it should put this to rest. Obviously, they're going to keep calling him a Nazi, but th- it couldn't. a Hollywood screenwriter could not have more perfectly written this. Uh, this guy, Jaku Palij, he was an SS labor camp guard in Poland, in German-occupied Poland. Uh, and we've known that this guy has been here for a while. In 2004, a court ordered him uh, to lose his citizenship and be deported. Uh, uh, he, I think he lost his citizenship officially in 2003. In 2004, the court said, deport him. And yet he wasn't deported. He's just living in Queens. He's probably right around the corner from Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, another socialist. And, uh, but he wasn't deported. Why not? Well, that was the Bush administration. The Bush administration failed to deport him. Then you had eight years of the Obama administration. The Obama administration failed to deport him. Only Donald Trump, literally Hitler, managed to deport this Nazi and show him justice. Uh, this guy, he was trained in Operation Reinhardt. Uh, he was arm, an armed guard at Troniki, Tra, Troniki, a labor camp and the same year that he worked there. Because look, a lot of a lot of people were involved in uh, the German army in the uh, Second World War. So you have to figure out exactly what people were doing. While this guy was a forced labor camp guard, the same year that he was working there, 6,000 Jews, men, women, and children were shot to death in one of the largest mass slaughters of the entire Holocaust. He was there by being a guard. He was preventing them from escaping. He was complicit in that. Now, uh, so he he loses his citizenship in 2003, and yet he's just hanging out in Queens. Uh, Losing citizenship or not having American citizenship has never prevented people from living in sanctuary cities, including this Nazi guy. But it it did require some courage to get rid of him. really did. I know uh, Jonah Goldberg tweeted out the other day, he said, what is a definition of character that President Trump could uh, pass, that he could live up to? And Jonah's basically saying Trump has no character, terrible character, and it's awful to try to defend him. But D- Donald Trump does demonstrate strength of character in some ways. He might be, you know, thrice married. He might be a little boorish. He might, sure, I'm, I'm not defending that. But he does exhibit uh, courage and justice. He does exhibit courage in the sense that he has the political courage to keep his promises. He speaks pretty honestly on the campaign trail. We all thought he was lying, and he started keeping all of his promises. He demonstrates political courage to move the embassy in Jer- uh, Israel to Jerusalem. No, every president had been promising that. Nobody follows through. He actually did it. He, uh, he exhibits courage to follow through on the law, the court orders, deport this guy, and send him back to Germany. He, he exhibits courage to take on the immigration issue, which Republicans and Democrats have punted on for so long to the detriment of American citizens and of the illegal aliens coming over. He has shown courage to negotiate with our allies to hold them to the standards that they agreed to be held to with regard to NATO, with regard to trade agreements. He has demonstrated courage. Courage is a virtue. Uh, And and another aspect is justice. You know, this guy does seem to have a kind of gut-level sense of justice that more skilled politicians or more uh, professional politicians or more practiced politicians don't demonstrate. They don't seem to have. He says, look, there's a Nazi living in New York. Get him out of here. Get him out. Why didn't they want to get rid of this guy? Why does it take courage to get to deport him? One, he's 95 years old, so the footage doesn't look good. It's this old man who's on a stretcher. They're dragging him out. That doesn't look great. Uh, they say, oh, just let him die. Just let him die, you know. Uh, and another one is Germany doesn't want him. Germany doesn't want to have to deal with this ex-Nazi. But uh, President Trump negotiated with our allies in Germany, got them to agree to take this guy, and they executed it. Same with ICE. ICE goes in there. They're, they're doing... Uh, they're doing their job. They're uh, executing justice and they're demonstrating courage to do it. Those are two aspects of character. That isn't just, uh, you know, he owns the libs or something. That's really demonstrating character. And I think people should, uh, should appreciate that. This is not to say this doesn't pay incredible political dividends because it does. It plays these great dividends. Um, you know, right. So right now the left is in a bind Donald Trump deports a Nazi ICE is the group that actually executes this order and so what they can do is either admit that deportation is a good thing, can be a good thing that the ICE agency Immigration Customs Enforcement is a good thing that Donald Trump might have done a good thing or they have to defend a Nazi those are their choices you, pick, you can't do both either deportation is legitimate in some cases, ICE is a legitimate agency, Donald Trump is a legitimate president or you have to defend a Nazi. So good luck. You can pick for, for the two lefties maybe who watch this show. You choose, you let me know what you're gonna do. <laughs> we'll just be over here, ha ha ha. And so it actually gives me a little faith for the midterms too, because it shows that President Trump really can back his political opponents into a corner. Sometimes we worry because he's not a practiced politician that he's gonna get steamrolled by Schumer or Pelosi or somebody who's a little more crafty at politics, but, uh, or the bureaucracy for that matter. But he's he's really showed he's got a pretty good political sense. So uh, hopefully that'll, that'll hold until uh, November. Um, Okay, before we bring on Andy Millennial, I do have to talk about, I have to talk about modern day slavery. Modern day slavery. No, I'm not talking about like socialism. I'm not talking about uh, the government taking all of your labor and work. I'm talking about the prison system. Because right now, going on across the country, there is a prison strike. No, not the prison guards. No, not the wardens. No, not the workers. No, I'm talking about the prisoners. The prisoners are going on strike, which I don't really know what that means. If a prisoner is on strike, I think he probably just stays where he is. Um, but the, the, I, I guess to understand this, we'll have to cut in. Can we take a look at the prison strike going on all around the country? Wow, it doesn't seem that bad to me. It actually seems kind (laughs) of nice. Those guys are pretty cool. The Spider Murphy's playing the tenor saxophone. So this is the the argument here is that there's something unjust about our prison system. And. they're, they're, they're trying to say that it's a crime, uh, slavery is, uh, um, excuse me, I, 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 Elvis always gets me googly-eyed. Uh, they're trying to say that our prison system is modern day slavery, that there's some injustice, there's some racial aspect to it, which is all uh, ridiculous. If you want to stay out of prison, I have a little bit of advice for you. You're getting it only here on The Michael Knowles Show. Don't commit a crime. This is the secret. This is the big secret. If you don't want to go to prison, then you don't commit a crime. You won't go to prison. It's really nice. Uh, what The strike is surrounding uh, the 1971 killing of an inmate who had taken a couple guards and a couple inmates hostage. Uh, Th- that's why they selected this date. That tells you something. It tells you that they're they're playing pretend. They're, they have to go back so far in history to justify this because our prison system is more or less quite just. It's the most just in the world. It's the most just in the history of the world. The strike ends on the anniversary of the 1971 Attica prison riots because they couldn't find a better example in the last 40 years. So they have to go all the way back to Attica, like that Pacino movie. You know, Attica! Uh, Just consider a few numbers here before we determine the justice or injustice of our prison system. According to the FBI, violent crime has fallen 48% between 1993 and 2016. According to the Bureau of Justice Statistics, violent crime has fallen 74% in that time. That's pretty good. Uh, Property crime is down 48%. According to FBI, it's down 66% according to the DOJ. Now what has happened between 1993 and 2016? What what could account for all? I don't know. What could We've had Republican presidents, Democrat presidents. Oh yeah, we lock up all the criminals. We've pursued a policy of mass incarceration and it turns out when you lock up all of the criminals, crime goes down. There was this great headline in the New York Times a number of years ago. It said uh, prison prisons keep filling despite crime rate dropping despite as though there's some di- contradiction here, as though there's some disagreement. Now, it, it's intre- you might not realize that crime has decreased so dramatically in just that, uh, since just 1993, but uh, that's because there are other studies that show that uh, year over year, people always think the crime rate's increasing. They always think crime is worse this year than it was last year. Around 70% of Americans, on average, have thought that every year since 1993. It's just not true. Um, now, mass incarceration or incarcerating Americans peaked around 2008. Uh, we've now dropped down to 1993 levels, but again, that's you know that's still within our time frame that we've pursued this policy of mass incarceration. In 2008, we had about 1% of the population in prison, 1,000 inmates for every 100,000. Uh, Now that's down to 830 inmates for every 100,000. We do have the highest incarceration rate in the world. But our crime is dropping tremendously. This is a wonderful thing. We should, they can go on strike, that's fine. I mean, being in prison is sort of like being on strike. You just sort of sit around, don't you? And make, uh, you know, toilet wine and get tattoos or something. I don't know. I've never been to prison. I just, I read it in books and see it in movies. But this is a a good thing. The problem is not that we're incarcerating too many people. It's that the crime rate is still too high and we can still throw a lot more criminals in prison. Uh, So let's see. Let's let's start that strike. How about all the peaceful people and like the victims of crime? We go on strike until we lock up more of the bad bad guys. Okay, we have got to I know we're running late. We've got to bring on the one and only our youth correspondent for the Michael Knowles show, Andy Millennial. Andy, thanks for being here. Always great to be here. So- I, you know, the millennials have been in the news a lot recently. Uh, there's a, st- a number of studies out that show that the majority of American millennials support socialism. You have these millennial candidates like Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. You have David Hogg a, a fellow millennial who is uh, touting Ocasio for president. Uh, w- what's so great about socialism?
1: Well, speaking as a millennial and, and more importantly speaking as a millennial woman, I think that when when you look at my long silky hair and my lithe graceful figure, socialism. <laughs> <laughs>
0: To make a I I told I myself. I'm senior for this <laughs> I every time I have you on, I'm biting my cheek so that I don't crack. But it was your long silky hair and buxom figure that really got me. <laughs> really, you know,
1: it makes socialism makes more sense when you're looking <laughs> yeah. at a cute babe. That's, what, <laughs> <laughs> That's true, and it makes
0: it makes as much sense as your silky hair and, and buxom figure. I that, think
1: the, the thing is, too, when you watch them on video and you can imagine sleeping with them, which would, in real life would be a nightmare. Yeah. <laughs> you to think, like, no, no, socialism is what we need, you know? That's really, yeah,
0: you know, just a moment of clarity in the morning. Like, ah! ah yeah, that's, that's what happens with socialism, too. You say, it seems like such a good idea to nationalize the healthcare system, then you wake up in the morning all hungover. Ah! Yeah. I thought I was going to get further before, before I lost you, but I... Nope, not even close. Uh, this is, though, we, we bring you on because you have such uh, important insight on the millennials. Yeah. Um, there are two stories that are terrifying me about my own generation. <laughs> okay. Maybe you can shed some wisdom here. The majority of American millennials now identify as socialists. Two-thirds uh, of American millennials are convinced that the world is spherical. That, that means, Wait. I don't know if you're great at statistics, yeah. that means that a full third of American millennials are somewhat convinced that the earth is flat. Really? Yes. Yes. Okay. This <laughs> is obviously much higher than yeah. previous generations, yeah. Gen X or the greatest generation or whatever.
1: Well, you know, I think there is one word that actually does describe this. And the word is ignorance. Mm-hmm. I mean, you've gone to these colleges. These, these kids are smart. Yeah. They are smart kids. They don't know anything. Right. Right. you know when I say they're smart I mean they have a high IQ they have the but they have not been taught anything and they don't even know even even the conservatives who are smarter obviously than right. Right. liberal I you know even even they do not really have a grounding in the reasons behind mm-hmm. what why we do what we do and so the idea you know they they have that book the uh, People's History of the United States and I said to to one of these class I think it was at UCLA I said, this is like it. he says I'm going to tell the history of the United States from the point of view of the slaves from the point of view of the Indians who are c-. and I said that's like my telling your the history of your life from the point of view of your porn search you know? <laughs> I mean, you, might yeah. have, you might have invented it's... a battery that can to contain all the energy in the world you might be you know Steve Jobs you might have transformed mm-hmm. but if I start with all the bad things about you right. who, who couldn't I do that to you know?
0: right that is that is a great point <laughs> I mean that that's a classic meme that goes around the internet as somebody wearing a a medical bracelet that says delete my browser history you know that because of course we all every single yeah. person in every culture and every civilization have, have terrible things that right. they've done that's right and some of them are also the greatest most prosperous charitable force of good in the history of the world yes and we also I mean we also do
1: idealize idealism yeah we have you know these we say to these kids oh they have ideals you know you don't need ideals you need principles you know then you have to mm. apply your principles to the real world and when I see guys, you know, look at this guy, David Hogg. I mean, what a nasty little piece of work he is. I mean, I know he's been through a tragedy, and I know, but he treats people badly. He yeah. says terrible things about people. And, and you think, like, why is that okay? I mean, right. you know, I get that if he's been through a tragedy and he can't behave himself, then he shouldn't be on television. But if he's going to be on television, he should behave himself. And if he can't treat people with respect, then you have to ask, what's wrong with your philosophy?
0: He's also been badly educated in the sense of brought up. You know, he has bad manners. And the way you see this is he's on television with his parents. He's in an interview with his parents. And he's spouting profanity and being disrespectful to his parents and being disrespectful to the interviewer. That is pretty bad when you're brought up, even if you're smart, even if you have a high IQ, even if you look good on CNN. And you don't know anything. And you don't know even how to behave yourself. You, You don't have any respect. You know, uh, fear, fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And if you don't have that, you're going to end up pretty stupid.
1: You know, this is, this is really interesting because when we were raising kids, Kids would come over our house and they would have no manners and they would see that, you know, my wife, you know, Ellen, she institutes manners. Like even when you come over, she makes you. uh, (laughs) Hits me with a newspaper. Get out of here, you. Yeah, you wash off before you come in the door. You know, she instituted a real regime and they were so happy. They were Mm -hmm. so happy to have it. And they would go, kids would go to her and beg her to tell them what to do because they weren't getting it at home. And if you do that, these, you know, if you do raise people like that, they they lack, it's not just the discipline to behave well, it's the discipline to think. Think well, right. Because it requires discipline to say to yourself, you know, I want this, I want it, I want this to be true. Ain't true. Mm-hmm. It just ain't true. And I think the thing is, when you talk about a third of millennials believing the earth is flat, and then you have like adults talking about the earth being a, a, a simulation. You know, that's we have, right we have yes. adult intellectuals talking about multiverses and, a, and a, the earth is a simulation anything to escape the reality of God basically <laughs> that's know? what it's all about it isn't is it because there's
0: that, this yeah. radical subjectivism that's been around the culture for a long time and they say oh we don't we can't be sure how do you know we're not just living in a you know a <laughs> <laughs> aliens dream man and hey how do you know that I mean the the multiverse thing the science of the gaps that they put out there is to say that nothing's really real, everything's happening, man, we're just one with the universe. You know, right? it's multiverse. this is
1: what Stephen King called the conversations you have before you discover girls, where you sit around and say, how do we know we're not just a speck of dust yeah, on right. a policeman's shoulder, you know, and, and all that? And it, it is it is definitely, you know, it's, it happened tragically, Not, I don't want to make jokes about it, but those people who were talking, uh, blogging about how there was no evil when right. they were killed by ISIS, and you think like, yeah, no, actually evil is more real than you are, you know? Evil is the thing that we represent, you know? Evil and good are the... Uh, is the reality that you and I are just kind of metaphors for it. Playing in the right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. that's right. And uh, and I think that they that, that this, when you start to see the world that way, the world starts to make sense. Mm-hmm. And if you don't see it that way, you have to keep inventing something new, some new uh, idea that's going to cover you for the, the holes that are leaking out of your intellectual boat. That's right. so true. I yeah. talk
0: to my friends, millennials on upward, and even people, you know, uh, like Sam Harris talks about this on his show yeah. all the time, they're constantly trying to say that we're in a simulation, there's no moral order, we don't have free will. They say, well, you don't behave that way. And, and they never have an answer for it. They never have any answer right. for it. It's so, all
1: kind of touching almost
0: when somebody tells me he doesn't exist.
1: You know, is that, really? Can I take your wallet? Yeah. You know, if you start with the fact that no one has ever turned south at Fifty Second Street and gotten to Fifty Third. <laughs> we just start from the fact that it, the world may not be as we see it, mm-hmm. but we are seeing something. Right. Once you know that there's a reality there that we are seeing, then it starts to make sense. And then once you start to think that the only people who are seeing it is us, there is you know there's only God and us, and yeah. like, like everybody else is just kind of moving around, <laughs> hanging out, yeah, <laughs> hanging out, yeah. So once you realize that that consciousness is the only consciousness we are
0: in immediate touch with,
1: then reality becomes reality. Yeah, that's yeah. right.
0: Speaking of reality and yeah. surreality, we're working on a project right now that v- blurs the line between both yeah. and raises questions about what reality is. It's this has been so far. I'm having
1: the greatest time, and when you put it together with the way we started it, it was just you and me, kind of in the loft in yeah. my house, you know. And now we've got uh, Jay Hay and Mathis all, and they and they listen. They did all the work, a lot of the work on the sound in oh, yeah. the all first the audio, first right. season. But now we're doing a second season that has video and it has uh, you know uh, incredible sound and just it's. It's just done at such a different level. It really feels like great. I
0: kind makes... of wonder, because we've got all these like little visual components and I walked in and I said, did anybody green light this or did we just kind of do this? Did we just kind of do for the second season of Another yeah. Kingdom? Yeah. It is really cool. It's really great too because as you know, uh, the only people who hire me as an actor in Hollywood now are you, uh, Dennis Prager, Adam Carolla, and Ted Cruz. Those are the only people... That's all that you need. That's all you, you need. That's... I mean, come on. What do, you, what do you want to go to some what? studio? Everyone what? else is going to jail for sexual assault. So that those actually are the last working producers right. in Hollywood. At least, at least you didn't have to sleep with me to get the job. That's, like... That's true. I got to sleep with him to get the job. Anyway, I... Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, I've got to let you go because right. I'm sure you've got to go skateboard I, I t- or
1: demonstration. I have to skateboard to a demonstration and then, or, uh, Now yeah.
0: have you because I know you have one of the knitted pink hats I, yeah. is that now renamed a front hole hat? It's one is... front <laughs> hole hat yeah. it's, it's
1: a, and I like it to be where my brains are supposed to be because that's, yeah, <laughs> <yeah>, that's, <laughs> that's how I show my respect for women yeah.
0: that, Well that's a wonderful place for it Andy Millennial always great, great to, to you. get uh, your thoughts on, on the youths <laughs> I've got to say goodbye to Facebook and YouTube. Uh, Don't forget, you can tune into the conversation. It's happening, I don't know, like now. It's coming up really soon at uh, 2.30 today, Pacific, 5.30 Eastern time. I'll be talking with Elisha. Get all of your questions in. You sign up at dailywire.com. Again, none of those things matter. The Andrew Klavan show, the Michael Knoll show, the Ben Shapiro show, the conversation. The, none of that matters. This is what matters. The Leftist Tears tumbler, which you can put in your face hole. You can use this and to drink those leftist tears through your face hole. Who knows where they'll come out? Uh, go to dailywire.com. We will be right back. Okay, so much more to get to today. Andy Millennial always sheds such light on the world. Uh, I want to talk a little bit about the Video Music Awards. The, you know that I'm a masochist. You know that I I suffer these things for you so that you don't have to watch them. I'm not going to talk about Madonna. Madonna had a kind of funny moment. She comes out and she used her tribute to Aretha Franklin to just talk about how great she is, how great she herself is. But that, look, it's easy to make fun of Madonna And by the way, Madonna's very good at getting attention. She's been good at getting attention since the 80s, so I'm I'm not going to give her any more of it. What I want to talk about is Ariana Grande and how I totally called it. She proved me right. She proved Pat Robertson right. (laughs) She basically showed that feminism is witchcraft. Here is Ariana Grande performing at last night's MTV Video Music Awards. To see it <laughs> Sorry, I don't know. I was really just staring over there. Uh, this is <laughs> You Believe God is a Woman, a song by Ariana Grande. Uh, if you couldn't see it, this is why you have to subscribe. First of all, it's a lot of scantily clad young girls. Right, but uh, it gets less great when you realize that it's just utter sacrilege and blasphemy what they're doing the image that you see at the Video Music Awards is a long table and they're all arrayed as though they are in the Last Supper Christ at the center and everyone else but it's all women So you saw this alluded to a little bit in Ariana Grande's music video where uh, Adam is a black woman, not a white man, but a black woman. And so here, the Christ is a black woman. And Ariana Grande is right next to him. They're all leaning, right? And it's this very sexualized Last Supper. And in the background, you see all of these kind of classical columns and starry imagery and celestial imagery. And this gets to the bizarrely cultic aspect of feminism, Uh, you, you see a lot of this imagery if you read my favorite website everydayfeminism.com you see a lot of this they talk about the divine feminine and women as goddesses and uh, the music video as I pointed out in the episode where we discussed it has very specific imagery of Wiccan practices and uh, cult, other uh, occultic in, imagery but uh, it, it has this a metaphysical character to it. Why does it? Well, because if we just talk about the body as flesh, then you're going to get caught in, you're not going to get a lot of culture out of that. And you're going to get caught in this trap of transgenderism, where now a major health website is saying that we can no longer refer to female anatomy by its proper name. You have to call it the front hole because it's in front of the back hole. And presumably I'm talking out of my face hole and these are my eye holes. I don't know. Um, you you just end up with meat and flesh. But uh, what feminism does is it, at, it takes this metaphysical layer to it, but it's a total inversion. So it's all women. It's, uh, you know, Even the sexualized aspect of it. The Last Supper is not a sexual event. And they turn that into a a sexual event. You know, uh, the Last Supper, you are are consuming the body of Christ. He's instituting the sacrament of the Eucharist. And uh, that can easily be twisted into this uh, sexual imagery if you uh, look at it from this cultic perspective. Uh, It's really bizarre. And it's, it's interesting to think even 30 years ago how shocking this would have been. But it isn't shocking now. Nobody's even talking. I I think I'm like the only show that's talking about this because we all just think, yeah, well, that's the way it is. That's the way the culture is. But that is really weird and uh, uh, doesn't bode well for the politics. If politics is downstream of culture and culture as we see very clearly in this Ariana Grande video relates to the cult, it relates to what we worship, then things are not uh, looking great from the vantage of the MTV Video Music Awards. What's really good for us, though, is that the VMAs really don't represent much of what people are looking at, much of what people believe. They're totally declining in influence. Very few people are talking about them even today. And uh, there's this other aspect of it, which is the, the good news of the MTV Video Music Awards. Cardi B, my favorite. I am predicting right now, you can mark my words, Cardi B will end up a Republican. I'm certain of it. I love this girl. Here, uh, Here, just if you're not familiar, here's Cardi B.
2: I'm so happy you know to receive this award a couple of months ago a lot of people were saying you know you are gambling your career you're about to have a baby what are you doing and you know I had a baby I carry the baby and now I'm still winning the award I want to thank all my fans my family that supported me all the love all the love that my fans that my friends that everybody shows me it's genuine, it's beautiful, and that's something that God gave me that you can't buy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: so I'm a little confused at the end here, but she's uh, apparently Cardi B, whom I'd never really heard of. I don't know any songs that she does, but apparently she's uh, pretty Catholic. And she's talking about how she was pregnant and people were saying, you can't have a career if you're going to have a baby. And she says, I had the baby and I've still got the career and I'm still winning awards, but I had my baby because I put that first. That's a great message and we could really use that in the popular culture. And then at the end, I just love this statement. She goes, and I want to thank God and I want to thank my loving friends and family. B. She's calling someone a profanity. Apparently, she was referring to Nicki Minaj. I'm not going to touch that with a 10-foot pole. I don't want to get into that at all. Uh, But it's really fun. And then, so I thought, you know, she sounds pretty conservative here. She's extolling the virtues of motherhood and saying that you should go through with your pregnancies and raise children. I said, this woman, she sounds so much like a Republican. Is there any other evidence that Cardi B might be a Republican? Cardi, take it away.
2: So you know the government is taking 40% of my taxes and Uncle Sam, I want to know what you're doing with my <laughs> tax money because you know what I'm saying? Like, when you donate, like, when you donate to a kid from a foreign country, they give you updates of what they're doing with your donation. I want to know what you're doing with my <gasps> tax money because I'm from New York and the streets is always dirty. We was voted the dirtiest city in America. What is y'all doing? There's still rats on the damn trains. I know y'all not spending it in no damn prison because y'all be giving. Like two underwears One jumpsuit For like five months So what is Doing with my Money What is y'all doing With my Money I want to know I want receipts I want Everything I want to know What you doing With money What is y'all doing With my money Uncle Sam I want to know What you doing With my money
0: Preach! <laughs> That's gonna be my presidential campaign slogan. What the bleep are you doing with my bleeping money? <laughs> hey, Uncle Sam! What the Knowles 20, 2024 What a 202032 20, is what it says on the shirt. Uh, <laughs> I love that. And so I actually do think. Uh, that she's going to end up a Republican. Now, apparently she's spoken out against President Trump. She campaigned for Bernie. She blah, 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 whatever. But that's fine. People get confused when they're young. They come to clarity over a little bit of time of thinking about things. And I really mean it. I'm not being facetious here. I think she's going to end up a Republican. Where else is she going to go? Where else is she going to go? I have a couple friends who are professional athletes, professional entertainers, and uh, publicly, they'll be a little more quiet about politics, but privately, they'll say like, yeah, Republicans let us make money. And a lot of them uh, love God. You know, they have this, this, uh, those two central pillars. If you love God and hate taxes, where are you going to go? You're going to end up a Democrat? I don't think so. I don't. How could you? And, and the Democratic Party is moving so far to the left right now that it, it's just kicking out people who are saying, hey, I, I want to keep my money and I love God. Now you've got Democrats who boo God. You've got Democrats who uh, make abortion essentially a sacrament. Uh, Tom Perez said that pro-life Democrats need not apply. The head of the DNC basically booting out pro-life Democrats. Where are you going to go as they move further and further to the left? They're protesting the American flag, the flag itself. Where are you going to go? Uh, A video I just saw on the internet sums this up perfectly. At the Patriot Prayer Rally or March in Portland, Oregon, there was a guy walking around with an American flag and these Antifa fascist thugs in the black masks and black outfits start beating this guy with a club Start and pulling his flag away from him. Why did they pull the flag away? Because the flag is a fascist symbol according to Antifa on the left. Here is the video. So if you couldn't see that, they're tugging, they're pulling for the flag, and, and these Antifa guys are poking him, hitting him a little bit, then finally one guy comes up and just clubs him right over the head, and he goes down, grabbing his head, they steal his American flag, he's clutching it, he's bleeding, he had to go to the hospital, he had to get four staples to seal up the wound. The trouble for Antifa is that that guy is not a conservative. The guy that they beat up, the guy who had to get staples, the guy who had his American flag isn't a conservative yet. Not a Republican. He's a Bernie bro. His name is Paul Welch. He was a Bernie bro. He voted for Bernie in the primaries. He voted for Hillary in the general election. This is a lefty. But he wanted to reclaim the American flag. He basically, this was the showdown for him. He wanted to say, no, the right doesn't get to be the pro-America party. We're pro-America here on the left too. And then do you know what the left did, what Antifa did, the terrorist wing of the Democrat party? They came up and they beat that guy up and they said, no, we're not. This American flag does not represent us and we do not stand for the American flag. And we've known this forever, The Democrats are encouraging people to protest the American flag. We know that they don't like the American flag. We know that they don't like what the flag represents, which is the country. And uh, this guy, he's like the great example. I feel sorry for the guy that he got whacked on the head, but he's a great example of these Democrats who think mm, my party it can come back. My party we're, we can be pro-American. They'll come. They're not coming back they're not coming back. It's gone. If you're a pro-life Democrat, if you're a Democrat who thinks that maybe the government shouldn't take all your money, that maybe you should get to keep a little bit more of your money. If you're a Democrat who thinks, well, we can support the country. We can, we can be patriotic. If you're a Democrat who believes any of those things, you don't have a party right now. You got one place to go and that's the Republican party. That's conservatives the, you know, right now we're seeing president Trump continue to gain votes. I know everyone's saying Trump is historically unpopular. He's not historically unpopular. His approval rating is higher than Barack Obama's at this time in his presidency. And Barack Obama was personally popular. Donald Trump's approval rating is increasing pretty dramatically among groups that the Democratic Party typically owns. He does well among Hispanic voters, and he's doing very well among black voters for a Republican. He's got over 30% approval ratings. And I wonder how this breaks down by sex, by the way, because he, President Trump polls relatively low among women, but he pulls relatively high among men. So when you get down to Hispanic demographics and black demographics, I wonder how he's doing among Hispanic men and black men. He might be doing considerably higher than 30%. could be 40%. Who knows? Uh, you've got nowhere else to go. You have nowhere to go but the Republican Party. And a great, a great example of this stasis, of this Democrat unwillingness, they're not going back, they're not going to admit that they were wrong, they're not, is the fact that Hillary Clinton is positioning herself as though she's running for president again. I kid you not. She has been running for president since uh, the day she was born. I think the American people continually reject her, and she is having dinners. She's making the rounds. She's traveling to states as though she is running for president again. For some context, we cut in now to a live look at President, uh, President, God forbid, at Hillary Clinton's presidential ambitions. Hello, girl, your suffering's over.
1: Oh, it ain't always easy doing Mother Nature's work.
0: That's it. That's it right there. And By the way, just so that nobody suggests I'm trying to speak in violent terms, th- I just want to be very clear because I know, I know what the headline is going to be on the SPLC blog. The cow, the cow is a metaphor for uh, Hillary Clinton's presidential ambitions. I'm not calling Hillary a cow. I'm not saying that Jim Carrey should shoot her. I'm not saying any of those things. (laughs) But this woman's presidential campaign just crops up every five seconds. They cannot, it will not go down. Uh, And on an unrelated note, uh, Me, Myself and Irene with Jim Carrey is one of the greatest movies ever made. I highly recommend If you haven't seen it, I highly recommend you see it. She is, she's traveling now to uh, New York, to California and Illinois. She's having these big ticket fundraising dinners. Uh, She's helping out out candidates. She's putting her arm around candidates, endorsing them at these small events. I'll just remind you something about the Clintons. They don't do anything out of the goodness of their heart because there isn't any goodness of their heart. (laughs) So they are uh, setting themselves up for something. And you know, this woman has no ambition in life other than to be president. So we're seeing that again. Ironically, she's not doing fundraising dinners in Michigan or Wisconsin, which means that she's learned absolutely nothing, which is my thesis on the Democrat party. Got to love it. Do we have time to explain the proper way to pronounce the word GIF? No, I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to save that folks. That'll be a little cliffhanger. That'll be the cliffhanger for tomorrow. I'm going to write a piece up on it. There, you know the, the image format G-I-F? This is a big debate. Is it GIF or is it JIF? There shouldn't be a debate. It's very clear, especially if you're a conservative, especially if you're an American, there is a clear answer. Uh, you can write in with your thoughts on this, but we'll, we'll have to get into that tomorrow, into the real contentious issues like how to pronounce GIF. In the meantime, tune in for the conversation. That'll be at 2.30 Pacific, 5.30 Eastern. You can ask me all of your questions. In the meantime, I'm Michael Knowles. This is The Michael Knowles Show. I'll see you in a couple hours. The Michael Knowles Show is produced by Senia Villarreal, Executive producer, Jeremy Boring. Senior producer, Jonathan Hay. Our supervising producer, Mathis Glover. And our technical producer is Austin Stevens. Edited by Jim Nickel. Audio is mixed by Mike Coromina. Hair and makeup is by Jesua Olvera. The Michael Knowles Show is a Daily Wire Forward Publishing production. Copyright Forward Publishing 2018.